Hey everybody, welcome to the New Market Alliance Church podcast, where you're invited to not just attend church, or watch church, or in this case, listen to church, but actually go and be the church. For everything you need to know about our community, be sure to go to newmarketalliance.ca, and maybe even drop us a line to let us know you're listening. We read everything you send, and we'll be sure to get back to you. Our worship service happens every Sunday at 10 a.m. in person or streaming online. We want you to know you absolutely matter to God, and you absolutely matter to us. Everyone is welcome and wanted. Now, let's join today's teaching. About 8 o'clock last night, I got uh, word that I have the COVIDs, and uh, I'm, the, I'm the last member of the Ganyu family to, to get it, and... Uh, it's cool that we can still do this. I normally I would say if you see somebody, uh, somebody's disembodied head projected on a screen, um, you probably have joined a cult. But in this case, um, it's it's live streaming. And, and I, I want to thank, thank Glenn Hunt for for, for making, making this work, work technologically. technologically. I want to thank, thank Pastor, Pastor Chris, Chris who's, who's going to do, do a funeral for me today and um yeah it's a good team that that i work with and i'm just grateful um so i this is really is live in fact somebody uh, whose voice i would rec i can't see you but i i can kind of hear the room somebody whose voice i would recognize just shout out um hey jonathan that was that was kathleen stosky right I'm just kidding. I'd know Steve's voice anywhere. Welcome to week four of this series called uh, That Sinking Feeling. I kind of had a sinking feeling last night uh, when I took that test because I could feel the tickle in my throat already. And this is a series where I sort of work out my own mental health issues in front of everybody. And, uh, and you all have to listen like you're my therapist. And you can you can bill me for your time later, I guess. But sure enough, just as I suspected, um, it turns out that I'm far from alone in these feelings. I'm learning uh, that many of you are experiencing these sinking feelings, maybe more so than ever in the last two years or so. And I'm I'm looking forward to sharing the pulpit shortly with other wounded healers who, who uh, you know, as Henry Nouwen would call them, people who are dealing with their own brokenness and their own difficult emotions, and, and they'll speak from their own expertise um, of, ex of their own experience. And, but today, uh, we're going to let God's Word speak to us about another pretty raw and vulnerable emotion, uh, overcoming the emotion of fear, uh, but a pretty specific kind of fear. There's no shortage of things to be afraid of these days. Uh, uh, how about a global pandemic to start with? Um, how about a world on the on the verge of war? Uh, what about, I was thinking today about parents who 
maybe are hearing all this bad news about baby formula shortages and 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 wondering if it's going to impact them. I don't know if there's a bigger fear than not being able to provide for care for your own child. But today I want to talk about a, a sort of evergreen fear. Um, it doesn't depend on what's going on in the news these days. It's really a human nature sort of fear. And I really hope and pray that God's word would speak to you in a very personal way today. It's the, it's the fear of rejection. So let's start today with God's word, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Say it out loud. Fear. But instead he has given us a spirit of what? Say it out loud with me. Of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And yet so many people, it seems, live kind of paralyzed by fear, especially this fear of being rejected. And that feeling doesn't come from God. Uh, And so we're going to let God's word empower us to overcome that fear. Uh, And in this very confessional series, I might as well not quit now. Uh, I'll just be honest with you that there's large portions of my life um, where it felt like I was trying to please people to this day, even my dad was a pastor and it wasn't uncommon in that time for pastors to move a lot. And it seemed like every couple of years, uh, we had to move and I'd be the new kid at school, new kid in the neighborhood. And I, I imagine it, it created these unconscious instincts um, for me to be the funniest or to charm people or to try and fit in quickly. Uh, even as a young pastor, I would fall into that common trap of receiving like 50 affirmations, but only really hearing, you know, that one criticism and then being devastated by it, you know? Uh, I remember my first pastoral ministry like 22 years ago. In the first week, somebody who had this bit of a faux televangelist voice, you know, he'd go like, um, where God guides, God provides. And I'd be like, weren't you raised in Leamington? You know, why do you sound like that? And in my first week, and he, he was a really good man. And he didn't mean this to sound intimidating, but but it kind of was because he, he sort of had me backed up against the wall and sort of with his, his finger in my chest that he bit. And he's like, are you a God pleaser or are you a man pleaser? And I was like, oh, I'm a God pleaser. I'm a God pleaser. But um, the truth is, I think too often I was a man pleaser. Uh, not intentionally and not always, but but too often. And while uh, I've grown a lot since those days, it's still a battle sometimes. Some of you here, I suspect, are living addicted to the approval of other people. And and that's a very destructive place 
to live. Scripture shows us the danger of living like that. In, in fact, in Proverbs 29, 25, here's what the most famous book of wisdom has to say. It says, fearing who? People is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Um, fear of people, fear of rejection, fear of man will prove to be a snare, a trap. It's a trap. Where are my Star Wars nerds at? It's a trap. But whoever trusts in God is kept safe. What sort of traps are we talking about here? Well, let's just look at two ones, uh, two fear of rejection traps. Number one, we can easily become overly starved for acceptance, right? The sad thing is when we are overly starved for acceptance, the very thing that we desire um, is the first thing that we lose. We become so needy and so hungry for acceptance that we lose the very thing that we desire. In the Old Testament, we saw a guy who, who could have been one of the great kings of Israel, had the potential to be King Saul. But his greatest weakness, I would argue, is that uh, he was paralyzed, paralyzed with a fear of being rejected. He would always be wondering, what are, what are the people going to think? Uh, are they going to like me? Do they respect me? And at one point, because of fear of what people thought, he rejected God's commands. And this is what King Saul said in, in Samuel 15, 24. He repented and confessed. He said, I have sinned. I have, vitala- I have violated the Lord's commands. Why did he do this? Here's what he said. I was afraid of the people. So I what? Say it with me. So I gave into them. How often do we do that? How often do you do that? How often are you afraid of what people think? So rather than doing the right thing, you do what you think will please others. Um, I'm right in the middle of Euler playoff fever. Is this too soon to bring up for the Leaf fans in the room? Is it, are y'all going to be okay if I talk about this? Okay. Tonight, the Oilers uh, get home ice advantage. What is home ice advantage? Uh, is it even a real thing? Is it a real advantage? In 2011, Sports Illustrated uh, uh, did a study on it. And they concluded that that home field or home ice advantage is is no joke. Like it's a real thing. It's a real advantage across all sports, whether it's, you know, Japanese baseball or Brazilian soccer. Statistically, the, the team hosting a game wins more often than not. But how do you explain that? And uh, the evidence actually eliminated what you might think were the reasons for for this advantage. Is it the thousands of cheering fans? Nope. Um, Is it the travel rigors from the visiting team? Uh, Is it the home team's familiarity with their own dressing rooms and or court or or field or rink? 
or getting to sleep in your own bed uh, when you're at home, those weren't an advantage apparently. But they did find a demonstrable, quantifiable advantage. Um, I don't suppose anybody has any theories about home ice advantage. I'm not hearing anybody. So it turns out it's the refs. Uh, refs, umpires, official officials. Uh, in short, like it's not a conspiracy or anything, but but refs don't like to be booed either. <laughs> and so when the game gets close, uh, it turns out they call fewer fouls or penalties against the home team. They call more strikes against the visiting batters. Uh, apparently, the larger and louder the crowd is, the more they really do influence the calls. And this is, I'm sure this is not happening on a, a conscious level. Uh, but there's evidence that the, the crowd really is pressuring the refs. And the refs naturally and unconsciously respond to the pressure from the crowd. We saw it the other night, uh, the hockey night in Canada crew said, yeah, that's not a penalty that gets called in the away team's building. So in the in the end, the ref's people-pleasing response has an impact on the final result of the game. That's just a small example of, of, of this human nature desire to be liked. By the way, this is not like an inherently bad thing. Uh, wanting to be liked by people, by your co-workers, by your family, by strangers, you know, someone who, um, you know, you call someone who has no desire to be liked by anybody, including their own spouse, you call them a sociopath, <laughs> you call them a narcissist. Uh, but I am talking here today about people who take it to unhealthy levels, people who live in fear of other people. And the Bible says it's a trap. People who had the intention of sexual purity until marriage um, because they believed that it was the right thing, the thing that God had desired for them. But instead, uh, wanting the approval of somebody, they will give away their virginity. Uh, for someone even who, who, who finds a pattern of dating and, and sexual intimacy, they wouldn't necessarily think this on a conscious level, but perhaps on an unconscious level, there is a cry of, please love me, you know, pretending like sex equals love. Or what about the people who spend hours on their body, their hair, their clothes, their image, their makeup? their abs, uh, or, or, or looking for the right cut of t-shirt that shows off their tattoos, but not in a way that looks like they're trying to show off their tattoos. It's, it's like, please like me. Uh, if I buy this car, will you like me? If I talk this way, will you like me? If I join this club, will you like me? If I compromise my integrity, but I do what makes you happy, Will you like me? Uh, will you accept me? 
will you approve of me? Are you living for your parents' dream this morning? Got to make mom happy. Got to make dad happy. I know older people whose parents passed away a long time ago, and they're still trying to please their parents who are no longer with us. I know people who are living for the goals of their boss, uh, living for the goals of their girlfriend, or the ghost of their high school selves. Will you please approve of me? Will you please accept me? Fear of people proves to be a trap. There are people who want to be accepted so bad, they get close to someone and they just suck the life out of them. They're they're like relational vampires. Will you like me? You know? Oh, you know somebody like that, don't you? Uh, They become starved for attention and affection. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, a trap. And uh, for those of you who just might be approval addicts, these thoughts might be challenging for you this morning. But you need to know approval addicts generally have an inability to confront. They, they, they want to be liked so much that they won't confront. Uh, and until we learn to do biblical confrontation with biblical integrity, there's going to be something missing in our relational intimacy with God and certainly with others. Uh, Second challenge is this. You'll see approval addicts often acquiesce or give in to others, but inwardly they're like angry and resentful. So on the outside, it's like, okay, I'll do what you want me to do because I want you to like me, but inwardly I'm ticked. Uh, I kind of feel ticked at myself for not having boundaries and my anger is only getting worse by the minute, right? There's another equal and opposite kind of, of trap too. This is an extreme reaction where you become overly cautious. You know, you're like, I've been hurt uh, I'm not going to let anyone hurt me again. I'm not, I'm not going to trust anybody. I'm going to keep you at arm's length because, darn it, there's no way I'm going to let you do to me what someone else did to me. Proverbs has that kind of person figured out, too. Here's what it says in, in Proverbs 28, 14. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who does what? hardens his heart, falls into trouble. Uh, I wonder how many of you know someone who has a hard heart, who doesn't let others in. And according to scripture, we will fall into trouble. Ladies, um, you have had a legitimate hurt and you end up saying, can't trust men as far as you can throw them. Uh, all a bunch of jerks, losers, right? And I would say, women, it's, it's time to stop cursing your interactions with these self-fulfilling prophecies. Are all guys jerks? 
60%, yes. Uh, but there's 40% that I'd love for you to meet. And some of them even come to this church. And guys, same thing, you know, women, bunch of, bunch of man eaters. Watch out, boy, they'll chew you up. There's a reference from very contemporary reference from 1982. Uh, look, you've been hurt. Um, you've watched others get hurt and you, you become hard hearted and they, they won't ask anybody out. Uh, they complain that there's no fish in the sea. And for some, it's when you don't fit in a certain crowd or when someone tells you, um, they're going to be there forever and they crush your heart and you become hard. This may even affect you sharing your faith because you're not going to be made fun of again, you say. You know, you're not going to go through that pain of rejection again and be ostracized again. And that very thing happened in scripture by, by a bunch of people who believed in Jesus but were afraid to confess their faith. Why? Because they were afraid of rejection. Here's what scripture says in John 12, 42. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith. Why? For fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved praise from who? From men, from people, more than they did praise from God. Fear of man. It's a, it's a snare. It's a trap. We become overly cautious or we become overly needy. How do we overcome this trap? Well, the Bible really teaches two principles. And here's the first one. By the help of the spirit of the living God, uh, who is living in us, leading us, empowering us. Number one, we learn to say yes to pleasing God. Uh, more than anything else, would our hearts beat with a desire to say yes to pleasing God? In the Old Testament, in, in um, 1 Kings 22, we see this great story of Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah, and he was having a conversation with the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said, Jehoshaphat, could we like go into battle together and we'll partner up and, and take back what rightly belongs to us. And Jehoshaphat responded this way in verse five, he says, but Jehoshaphat also said to the King of Israel, first seek the counsel of the Lord. I, I love this. What did, what did he say? First, let's seek God. It wasn't first, you know, let's do a survey monkey and see what the consensus is. It wasn't like, First, let's do a Facebook poll and, and see what the opinions are. His first instinct is, let's seek to please God. Uh, we, so we, we'll seek the counsel of the Lord first. So when you're faced with making a decision, what do you do? What will the neighbors think? Uh, what will my parents think? What will my friends think? What will my coworkers think? The first thing we ought to ask is, what will God think? Um, we seek to please God in all that we do. Oh, to be rejected by men, but accepted by God. You know, 
I have learned, uh, or I'm learning, I suppose, that it's inevitable. I will be rejected by people. Um, you will too, if you're following Christ. Did you know that? If, if you are following Christ, you absolutely will be rejected by people at some point. Isaiah 53, it was prophesied that Jesus would be rejected, despised by people. So what makes us think that if, if we're a follower of Christ, longing to be uh, conformed to his image and his likeness, that we can please people all the time? We, we can't. Our first desire ought to be to please God in all that we do. And, and that's why Jesus said in, in his most famous sermon, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And as you seek that first, then all these other things will be added to you. So the first thing we do is we learn to say yes to pleasing God. And the second thing <laughs> should be obvious, I suppose, is we learn to say no to pleasing people. No, darling, I will not pass the salt. Pastor Jonathan told us we're supposed to be rude. No, no, no. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? We are always supposed to show love and grace and uh, think of others above ourselves and serve sacrificially. But we are not driven by pleasing people. I love the way this question is asked in Isaiah 51. The, the prophet Isaiah asked the question, who are you that you fear mortal men? Who are you that you fear the opinions of people, the sons of men who are but grass? Why do you fear people? You forget the Lord God, your maker. Maybe you can even relate to this. There are times when I get so caught up in my approval addiction that I can essentially forget God. Listen, every single day, every single day, you will have an opportunity to cave in and live for the approval of people, or you will have the opportunity to surrender your heart to God and say, I live for you and for you alone, Lord. What will it be? I, I, I like the way Paul asked this, this question to the Galatians in, in uh, chapter 1, verse 10. He asked himself, and ask yourself this, ask yourself sincerely, am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? Paul says, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So ask yourself, am I living for the approval of people? Because if I am... I can't really be a follower of Christ. Those two things are, are at odds with each other. Say yes to pleasing God. Say no to being a people pleaser. And, and that really leads to our goal. Our goal before God is to live for an audience of one. Maybe that sounds like a, a Christian cliche, but it's, it's so true. We don't live for an audience of people who will at worst reject us or at best be, be fickle in the long run, but live for the only 
one whose opinion truly matters. We live for an audience of one. That's why Jesus said this in John chapter 5, verse 30. He said, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself. But who do I seek to please? Him who sent me. I, I seek to live for an audience of one. Fear of people is a trap. It's a snare, but those who trust in the Lord is found secure and is kept safe. It's kind of like, I don't know if, uh, if they even still have these sort of elementary school teacher's pet type jobs, you know, like uh, if they still exist in 2022, uh, you get to be the hall monitor or the um, assistant crossing guard or the junior fire marshal. Or the teacher is like, uh, Jonathan, uh, would you mind taking these blackboard brushes and beat them outside against the wall to get all the chalk dust off them? And I'm like, get out of class to go outside and beat something against the wall? Uh, yes, please. Can I do this every day for the rest of my life? Um, and all the other kids are like, lucky. Gen Z, <laughs> Gen Z is super confused right now. They're like, why don't you just use a smart board? I have, uh, it was the 80s, first of all, and I have a layer of chalk dust still on my lungs. And by the way, if you wanted to watch your favorite show, you actually had to be in front of your TV set at a specific time. And if you miss that time, you just have to live with the fact that you will never see that episode of Knight Rider again until summer reruns. These were hard times, folks. Where was I? Um, oh, yeah. So you're, walk you're walking down this empty school hall, your arms full of blackboard brushes. You got a bit of a swagger. Uh, you're looking in the other classroom doors of these poor suckers learning their times tables. And, you know, one kid catches your eye and reaches out. He's like, you know, you can, you can read his lips. Take me with you. I want to go to you. Are. <laughs> And some teacher sees you in the hall and is about to yell at you. What are you doing out of class, young man? But you just, you just hold up a finger and uh, you point to your brushes and they're, oh, my apologies, Mr. Ganyu. I didn't see the uh, blackboard brushes there. And you're like, I'll allow it. I'll allow it this time, Mr. McGillicuddy, but uh, – Please don't let it happen again. I'm on an assignment. It uh, doesn't matter what you think. I'm here to please the one who sent me. And the one who sent me said, I've got permission to do this. I've, I've got authority to do this. And folks, you've got God's hall pass. And his hall pass tells you that you are uh, given power and authority uh, you've been called to do what you are 
to do. You're not subject to the opinions and judgments of others. No matter what you think about me, God says I'm acceptable and accepted through Jesus Christ. God says he loves me just as I am. When I believe what he says about me, it, it frees me from being someone else's dancing monkey. You know, when you live for an audience of one, it doesn't matter if you think I'm not good enough because God says, even in your weakness, my strength will be made perfect. God says that I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. God says that he is working everything for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God says that I am a overcomer by the blood of his son shed for me by the word of my testimony. Uh, Somebody needs to hear this this morning, I think. God says, you are just the way I wanted you. I wouldn't change a thing. Fear of man, it's a trap. It's it's a snare, but those who, who trust in God are kept safe. I love the words of this gentleman, Lloyd Ogilvie. He was, he was the United States Senate chaplain. Here's what he said. Secure in God's love. I will not surrender my self-worth to the opinions and judgments of others. When I am rejected, I will not retaliate. When I'm hurt, I will allow God's love to heal me. And knowing the pain of rejection, I will seek to love those who suffer from its anguish. Just look at that first line again. Secure in God's love. I will not surrender my self-worth to the opinions and the judgments of others. Say yes to pleasing God. Say no to being a people pleaser. And... May our goal be to live for an audience of one. Let let me just pray for us this morning. God, we ask that your, your Holy Spirit would be at work in our hearts right now. And um, church, even if, as you just take a minute just to examine your own heart and be authentic before God about where you are, I'm just going to challenge you uh, to ask yourself a couple questions and be honest. Are you addicted to approval? Um, are you driven by trying to please people? And, and, and if you are, are you able to fully be a follower, a servant of Christ? Are you living your life in such a way as seeking the approval of people? Um, Or are you living for an audience of one? And and whether you rate yourself as a two, as someone who only occasionally struggles with it, or maybe you rate yourself as a 10, as someone who constantly be a slave to the opinions of other, I just believe God, can set you free today. Um, Freedom is actually a good word for this because living for the approval of others, fearing their rejection, it's bondage. It's a snare. And today we're going to put our hope, 
our trust, our security in God and God alone. And if you say, yeah, Jonathan, I'm a bit like you. Fear of rejection has been a problem in my life. I find myself dancing to the approval of, of people rather than God. I want God to forgive me, uh, to help me overcome this. I want to live for an audience of one. If that's you today, and would everybody just close their eyes? I can't see you. Uh, band, you close your eyes. The camera's, you know, not focused on anybody, not on the congregation. Would you be just honest enough to be vulnerable and, and raise your hand and say, just before God, if he is speaking to you in this area, all over the auditorium right now, just, just raise your hand with me. And as you're praying with me, I, I'm going to pray with you and for you. But you can kind of put my words into your own words if you'd like and make this prayer before God. God, I pray, first of all, for forgiveness, for seeking approval in the wrong places. God, I, I want to be liked by people. And sometimes that just compromises my relationship with you. It diminishes even the, the job you've called me to do. God, forgive me for that, I pray. God, empower us to be courageous, to share your love, to never hesitate because we are afraid of what people think of us. God, I pray that anytime we are tempted to do what people want that's different from what you want, that your Holy Spirit would convict us, remind us, nudge us, get our attention. Show us, God, whenever we are trying to live for people's opinions above your opinion, God, I pray that by your Spirit, you would enable us to live for an audience of one, that our greatest desire would be to reflect your goodness and to glorify you in all that we do. And all God's people said, amen. Will you stand as we uh, close in worship today? God bless you.